This is Nerdy Latinas Podcast. You're here with Sabritas and my co-host, Short Latina. Hi, everyone. And today, uh, we would like to give a synopsis about our season three. So this is an introduction episode to give a little bit more context and structure to the purpose of season three. Season three of Nerdy Latinas podcast will be focusing on the neighborhood of Little Village. Little Village, also known as La Villita, is located on the southwest side of Chicago. And since this season is all about La Villita, Short Latina and I wanted to give a prelude. What would I, I don't know what to call it, like a introductory okay. episode okay okay i'll say so, i got these matcha balls Ooh, are they Costco. good are they matcha they're really good can you see that oh yeah. i love like chewy stuff like that that's like ah. yesterday i was so upset because so we my sister and i we we went to this place it's called bites it's on mm-hmm. oh, i fucking hate the north side it's on the north side um andersonville is it? It's like an Asian fusion uh, place. Was it by Evanston? No, no, no. No, it's like Park? Lincoln Park. It was like I, Oh, well, that's not the north what the fuck side. What is that? That's like, it's not the loop, bitch. I don't know. <laughs> we don't claim oh, that. Yeah? No, 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 no. You don't have, you don't have a choice. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> we don't claim. It doesn't exist. Um, I don't I'm know, thinking but, north side. I'm thinking like Evanston, almost Skokie. I, I'm in the north side. So it's um it's 3313 North Clark Street. Everything on Clark is bougie. Exactly. So um we went there and they had some real they had spicy crab ragoon. Mm. It was fire. Like it was just like so a lot of Asian food. fusion. They also had like just they had sushi, they had ramen, they had uh, bitch. I would Highly recommend, even for pickup girl, fire, fire, okay. fire, fire. Okay, well, let's get back to this. So, okay, so, so we're, yeah, we're and saying, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. I believe this all in the fucking episode. Yeah. So, short Latina and I wanted to provide an introduction to our listeners about why we selected La Vita to be the main theme of season three and the purpose La Vita serves personally to us. You know, with this episode, I think the purpose of this episode is to, I think, touch base with our listeners, too, about, you know, this is season three. We never thought we'd get this far. Literally. Because, you know, (laughs) with all transparency, we don't know what we're doing half of the time. Always. Uh, (laughs) Fake it till you make it all the time. Yes, that is the word of advice that we have for everybody. (laughs) Uh, You know, but we, we... we enjoy doing this podcast. Um, we still enjoy it. We still have fun, which is the purpose of this. Um, but for this episode, for this season, I'm sorry, um, we really wanted to record. I go back to the same thing. We wanted to record about La Villita because we feel like it's part of history, especially right now because of COVID, because of everything that's going on that is, you know, with, with the Trump administration that just ended, praise the Lord, like all these things that have affected this community. Um, we want to capture all of that for our future generations because there's not a lot of things being recorded. And sometimes I feel like we're working against time 
like, you know, La Villita is getting gentrified slowly. And I feel like we have to capture this moment before it's too late. I don't know. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I think that Charlatina and I, when we brainstorm about our episodes and structure our seasons, we really want it to be cohesive. And so when we decided on season three, focusing on La Vita, we picked it mainly because it was something we had in common that we valued, um, that we thought was very precious. And like um, Charlatina has said, you know, Little Village is changing more quickly than I would like to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, you know, documenting anything at this time is extremely important. Um, I myself am a huge history fanatic. Sure, not Dina knows that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Our listeners who have been with us since season one know that. And so La Villita is rich in history. However, um, it, it's not necessarily all, uh, all uh, as well documented as one one would like it to be. Well, I I would like it to be, um, and that's also too has to do with the types of history. You know, I think um, La Vita does have a lot of history, but most of the history is passed down orally and through the community, and is not necessarily always written down for other people to read, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I really wanted this season to be uh, a time where we really captured a lot of people within the community who are not only leaders, but are, I believe, to be super inspirational mm-hmm. um, and just extraordinary. Um, I'm I'm super excited about this season. This season Charlatina and I said it the other day, we were like, I'm so in love with this season. It's so I don't know. It's just been such such a fun ride. And we're not even done recording. We're actually recording this like right in the middle of our recording, uh, our guests. So we're, you know, we're gonna be able to give you a glimpse of what to expect uh every week. Um, and yeah, we're super excited to just hear your feedback and like I know that we have listeners from across the world you know we want you to feel kind of close to home somehow (laughs) you know I feel like uh, La Villita is such a hub it feels like Mexico without really being Mexico and like it's also changing it is also I think we should make that clear we were just talking about this how La Villita is not just Mexican community it is growing it is becoming diverse and yeah there's there's so much a controversy around La Villita but we're gonna get into that okay so I'm so So, excited I know me too (laughs) I I want to get into so another thing within this introduction is we're not going to give away the good teas for the season in each episode but we're merely going to introduce um, our guests just a little so that you're more familiarized with what 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 you're getting yourself into when you press that play button so for our first episode, we have our we have our lovely guest Jose Alfredo, who was actually our first guest ever on Nerdy Latina yes. podcast. And so it was so awesome to have Jose back. And so for those of you who don't know, Jose is an artist. He is an educator, and um, something in common that all of our guests have this season is obviously they're from La Vida. <laughs> well, before we get into like all of our guests, okay. 
I wanted to give context to our listeners about history about La Viguita. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Do you want me to? So, you, you, I mean, you're, you're our history. Our um, history buff? Our history buff, yeah. Alrighty. So, La Viguita, Little Village, is a part of the South Lawndale neighborhood, which is located, uh, as I said, in the southwest side of Chicago. Um in the early 1900s, um, Little Village was occupied by primarily Czech and Polish immigrants. And as time went on uh, in the 90s and in the 80s, um, more Latinos started to move into the area um, and European immigrants started to um, move into the Western suburbs. And so uh, La Villita is known for many things. Um, for example, uh, La Villita is known for an arc, um, arc located on 26th and Albany that was actually gifted by the Mexican government, where it says Little Village. Oftentimes when you Google La Villita Chicago, that will be the first thing that will come up is that, that arc. Um, another um, little village also houses uh, the third largest jail system in the United States, Cook County Jail. Um, Cook County, hold up, let me get my facts, girl. <laughs> no worries. Um, and I think, you know, we're giving all these facts for listeners because um, we really go into depth um, in each episode about why this is meaningful, why this neighborhood is so important um, to Chicago, um, why it's so vital for people that are not from Chicago to know, right? Um, You know, I I know that there's pockets of uh, neighborhoods all throughout the United States and the world that, you know, of of Latinos and Mexican immigrants. Um, But I think, I think because we're, we wanted to capture our experiences too, and what we're seeing, because some of the things that we're seeing are just criminal. I mean, we go into that a little more with um, with Edith from El Vejo, and we, we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But we are sharing all of this knowledge, and we're, we have all these community scholars on this season. But we also want to let our listeners know that we are you know, practicing reciprocity as we did with season one and two by donating um, to a nonprofit uh, that supports indigenous communities. But, you know, in, in, the, same, in the same way, we want to um, let our listeners know that by listening to each episode, um, they're actually supporting uh, El Vejo, um, which is an environmentally justice nonprofit um, in La Villita. And so with every lesson that you give, we're gonna donate 100% of our earnings for this season to El Vejo. Um, so, you know, just just to encourage everybody to to stick around, <laughs> as mm-hmm. as Sabrita tells us all these facts, and you know, we go into depth in every episode. <laughs> yeah, and just so you know, I'm not all expert. I think one of um, the most difficult things about um, the history of Little Village, especially as I started to become more interested, you know, in learning about the history about where I grew up. Um, 
was seeing how difficult it was to find resources. And I think for me, it's because when I started to research and again, this was exploring in college. So I was using, you know, quote unquote, credible sources. You know, I, you do not find shit on JSTOR, a little village in Chicago. You know, you're not going to find that there. But really what I came to realize is the best sources around are around me. Um, my neighbors, my vecina, my freaking madrina, um, you know, my family. Um, very close people to me, people uh, literally within distance of me, right? And I didn't have to, um, while, you know, it, it, it is nice for, um, for those sources to exist in academia, really what I, what, I, what I was searching for was right in front of me. And so I think this season really encapsulates that it's like documenting the history of people around around us and, and um, you know, really defining the community on our own terms. Um, I know you mentioned the arch that is so generous to Mexican government, right? They provided with us a whole arch. <laughs> cheap asses. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a beautiful arch. The arch is on 26th Street. And 26th Street is important uh, for our listeners to know because... It is the second most profitable street uh, after Michigan Avenue in Chicago. And, you know, it's almost like the Fifth Avenue in New York. It, you know, here in, in Chicago, Michigan Avenue has all the high-end stores, all the, you know, very expensive boutiques. And like, that's number one and most profitable street in Chicago. And Little Village is second. And I, I say that this is important because that arch kind of, that's what you that's kind of what where it's defined that's how you can identify where you are the but beginning the kind of the beginning but like you've got the discount mall and the others in a little bit like well yeah i guess i mean i guess the beginning is california yeah it is california california um which if you are on 26th street in california that's the cook county jail Yes. So I'm trying to paint a picture, right? We, you got Cook County Jail. You keep walking. There's like... And just so you have a perception about how humongous this jail is, it is 96 acres. And they have both a men's and a woman's facility. And so you can only imagine how huge this facility is in the middle of, of the neighborhood. Or of our neighborhood. And, you know, for our listeners also to know, within that jail, there's a high school. There's young people that go to high school that are incarcerated and waiting for a trial with it Cook County, which is insane. Um, you know, the, the school to prison pipeline is real um, and it's affecting our, our neighborhood. And so if you're a young person living in La Villita and you're going to go get some tamales on 26th Street, you have to cross that jail. If you are going to go to La Villita Park, which is right next to the Cook County Jail, you're gonna that's what you're gonna see um something important about la villita park is uh out of the efforts of also el vejo um of uh, you know a, a group of nonprofit organizations that wanted green spaces for our neighborhood um and it was actually a, a toxic wasteland before it was a park um and it was so toxic that they actually had to uh, build artificial hills so that the soil would not affect our residents, right? So, you know, they had to build like hills and then put like, you know, build it out 
um, you know, because it was so toxic. What were you going to say, Sabritas? No, I was going to say, I remember fighting to get that park. I, I was very young and I actually got interviewed to be on Univision. Shut up. I'm not with my fucking <laughs> mocho ass Spanish. I was like, yo quiero un parque porque aquí solo hay gangas. <laughs> That's what I said. I said gangas, y'all. So whatever. Um, we got our park. Um, yeah. And when, our- go ahead. No, uh, we got our park and uh, that was a year's worth of effort from, like years. you said, nonprofits, community members, and other other religious leaders too. Mm-hmm. And now there's uh, programming for children at that park. There is no, it's technically not a park, a Chicago park. So therefore there is no uh, house, like a little, like a programming section where you can, uh, where the city offers any services. So all the programming that exists, it's because of nonprofits, um, you know, and so you have this huge, it's a beautiful park, um, you know, and as you're playing soccer and having a picnic with your family, you see the inmates, uh, you know, walking around from cell to cell. Uh, it is very surreal, surreal that first that the inmates see this beautiful open space and we look and they're imprisoned and it's just so conflicting. It, that's just to say how complex and how layered you know, La Villita is. But, and so, you know, you have 26th Street and you have the arch and we said it's the second most profitable and you can find anything on 26th Street anything absolutely anything legal illegal whatever you want you probably find it (laughs) some of the best food best birria i've ever had best tacos i've ever had you know our vendedores ambulantes selling like the best corn the best everything like everything this is Um, a side note sure latina you can cut this but my lotero that was located on 26 and drake recently got sick and he moved back to Mexico and so now I don't have a go-to elotero so actually you should leave this in the recording I'm trying (laughs) to look for a new elotero on 26th street please hit the comments and let me know I am so sad you know what's crazy also like you know you know who sells the good tamales and the good food and the good everything fresh and like clean and you know who has the best quality Mm -hmm. because se se les acaba and like by noon Mm -hmm. I yep. knew you go and they're like, ya no tenemos, ya no tenemos. And you're like, oh, yeah, you have you to gotta be go at 7 a.m. A de la mañana, listos. I mean, honestly, they're there at five. Yep. Yeah. But yes. So, Latina, where do you want to introduce our guests or should we just like go through? Yeah, let's go through. So actually our first, first episode, it's a bonus episode. Yes. Um, about continuing uh, the topic, you know, the interview with you and your mom and your sisters, which was so much fun. It was <laughs> wild. So many things didn't make it to the final recording because I was like, oh, because we're too much. <laughs> but uh, yes, the so, part two. Yeah. So part two is basically um, interviews um, and that will actually be released before this introduction. But, I, you know, it's a bonus episode just stories of women, women that, you know, have their experiences with their mothers and being a woman, uh, topics on menstruation, um, sex before marriage, virginity, 
independence. And so I, I encourage you guys to listen to that bonus episode. Then we have Jose Alfredo, like we, we talked about how he's an artist, an educator, and he grew up in La Villita. My favorite part of the episode, though, was just to give you guys a little taste. He talks about his experience as a student in La Villita. And his influence, we're not going to give it all away, but his influence of who encouraged him to, to get into music. Yeah, that, that's a great episode. And then for the second episode, we had um, Andrea Guzman and her grandmother, uh, Doña Manuelita, join us, mm -hmm. which was amazing. And to kind of provide some context, um, Andrea Guzman, she is a community activist and she is also um, works within the nonprofit world. And her grandmother, I would say, is a community leader. They um, partook in, and I would, uh, an infamous um, mm -hmm. hunger, 19-day hunger strike um, that happened in the early 2000s when uh, community, when the community was fighting to have the Little Village High School mm -hmm. built. And so that episode tackles, um, you know, their experiences. And it also, uh, it also gets into what inspired them to become activists within their community. Um, I, I think that's a very powerful episode. It, it was a very emotional episode too. I agree. I, I cried. Yeah. I, Pero cuando no, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very emotional episode. One of my favorites. I mean, we have not finished recording, but it's one of my favorites so far. No, I, I, I don't have favorites. Like they're all my yeah, children. Say that, sure, Latina. They're all my. They're all my children. Um, but I it have was favorites, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was such a good episode. I I loved it. Like their experience during the hunger strike. Andrea, what she was seventeen years old. And they're fighting for this high school to be built because the fucking city of Chicago was being stingy as hell, gave all the money to the north side of Chicago. You're giving it away. I'm sorry, but I get so fired up. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. I encourage you guys to listen to that. Um, it teaches you like the importance of activism. Like, you know, sometimes I feel that, you know, for there's a white saver complex, right? of people that want to go into the community and make it better and save the children and like all these like wrong idea with the wrong idea you know that we need saving like mm -hmm. no we have women like Andrea and Manuelita that have been fighting for their community for years and we have not stopped they have not stopped um and so we don't need anyone to come into any neighborhood and save save us um there's you know it's That's why I think that episode is so important because all of these efforts have been by the community. Yeah. Anyway, going. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> I'm down. I'm crying. No, but it's actually so real how that that white savior complex um, really does play a role in our community, and I feel like it's often behind closed doors and we often don't see it or who, sometimes it is up up in front in, in your face but for episode three we brought in mm -hmm. Henry Cervantes and Henry is a peacemaker he um, also works at a nonprofit in in Chicago and his episode talks about whew, I'm sorry, this episode was so amazing. Um, this 
uh, episode talks about the origins of like restorative justice. And we also get a little bit nerdy and talk about uh, Star Trek and how how Star Trek influenced Henry's Henry's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he's a Trekkie, um, and his he actually takes his piecework into Cook County Jail. So, like I said, everything everything is you know connected. Connected. Uh, We're all connected. <laughs> but I I love the episode I went on a complete tangent at the end but like I'm proud of it no regrets no regrets no regrets um he was well he also talks about his life what got him into restorative justice practice um it's a deep episode but it was also really fun yes and then is that my favorite uh, you know what Charlatina at this point this season is our favorite we already know that it so is. let's just leave it as that um it and is. then for our fourth episode well actually we will be having another bonus episode of hijas y madres that comes out before our fourth episode before mother's day before mother's day of course because if you do not celebrate your mama well, to each their own. Exactly. I, I was about relation- to say. I was going to say to each their own because I don't know your relationship with your mother, but exactly. I know my relationship with my mother and she would beat that ass. So in Did honor you- of las mamases <laughs> uh, que nos dieron ese cariño y que nos crearon. Yeah. You know, we have to honor them. And so uh, we will be having another bonus episode in in May and then for our fourth episode we had at least uh uh, Tovar from from El Vejo um join us as a guest to to not only speak about environmental racism in La Villita but specifically um Hilco Hilco Development Partners um, Mm -hmm. recent I would say scandal Mm -hmm. um, here in the area and how they have how they've affected the area Um, at least um, she's an expert uh, on the subject as she has firsthand uh, been uh, batallando con estos malditos you know so (laughs) I I didn't know how to say that in English so like the white Uh, devil (laughs) basically I don't know how to I didn't know how to say that um in English but she she has firsthand experience and she's very uh knowledgeable on on the subject because you need to bring you need to be prepared and bring the facts when you're fighting such big corporations like Kilco Mm -hmm. you need to be overly prepared you need um evidence evidence to support your arguments and so at least um it, like I said very knowledgeable very amazing guest super honored to have um interviewed her that episode was juicy yeah we got a lot of cheese about the Chicago politics and kind of how they play a role not only yeah. with the developments in the area but also with nonprofits, I don't know it was a little much I think we could have gone a little deeper but we only had an hour but she also talks about herself what we talk about how Adith got into environmental justice and her inspiration and how she's how it's it's part of her life um love love loved Adith 
I was going to say, I think that's a common thread throughout all of our interviews mm-hmm. is that um, we really do delve into how our guests got to where they are at this moment in time, right? And so- um, I just got that. Yeah, I love that. And and I think that that <laughs> also- <laughs> That also just helps um, our listeners kind of, and I think um, we also have a lot of young listeners as well, as you know, they go out and think about what they want to do with themselves and how they can, um, how they can see themselves in the future. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they can become inspired by our guests and, and come to realize that it's not always a straight road. (laughs) Nope actually never a straight road um but you were going to uh talk about our episode five who do we who do we have for our episode five short latina we have jackie serrato who's the editor-in-chief of Southside weekly um i think quality just new source um they do not shy away from calling out the city calling out who they need to call out and jackie serrato is a talented journalist. Um, she's so knowledgeable about just the history of Chicago. Um, and I'm, we have not interviewed yet, uh, interviewed her yet, but I'm like, I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> Jackie Serrato um, is a barrio journalist that I found on Twitter. Obviously I found her because like I said, as I became more interested in the history of Little Village, I needed resources. And who mm-hmm. was the best resource? Jackie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know Jackie personally, but I've definitely heard about her, um, you know, in the hood where it goes around <laughs> and you know who, you know, who's very connected and knows uh, many people within the community. She's a very well-known journalist. Within episode five, we are going to talk to Jackie about the gentrification and displacement of communities of color historically in Chicago and specifically touch upon how the discount mall um, while it may not necessarily be the starting point of gentrification in La Villita uh, it's definitely a progression of of gentrification in La Villita um, like the the foundation you know the the stepping stones to really push push the community to develop into the city's eyes and they're gonna put a target right girl I don't know there's so many conversations going on right now and I believe that more than there's just a lack of transparency like Mm -hmm. like always um with these big corporations uh this is actually Novak construction company that purchased um right right by 26th in Albany right by the arch mm-hmm. um who purchased this property of land it's um I don't know how I can't I can't give the specific mentors but within that plaza is, is the discount mall is located there and the discount mall um is where uh you know, there's a lot of small vendors donde venden cosas de artesanía. And so you can find a myriad of things there that you could find in Mexico. And mm-hmm. so um, many, many members in the community are calling this construction company out 
because of their lack of transparency and uh, with, with uh, working with the community to, um, to make a plan for that space because they've already made a plan for that mm -hmm. space um, and how they've been privately working with local leaders. Yes, I'm going to call you all out, Alder Cardenas, uh, Alderman Cardenas, um, because he has been someone who has personally received donations from Novak Construction Company. I mean, you connect the dots. I'm not making any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making the assumptions, but I am. And so um, I hope that Jackie can provide some more insight on that. Actually, I know she will be, and I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be a good. We're actually recording this Monday. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm excited. Um, and then episode six, we are welcoming back Michael Villarreal. Um, we had him for season two, um, you know, talking about uh, mental health access and, you know, uh, about his private practice. But for this season, we're going to have him back and really talking about mourning, uh, grief, uh, about how to just deal with all of these emotions that have come up uh, during COVID um, at the loss of, of many family members and friends, not just because of COVID, but everything that is happening in La Villita, uh, like the implosion, you know, it took the life of one community member, um, the Hilco implosion that, you know, we talk about with Edith, um, there's been loss in our community in La Villita. And so we, we really are looking uh, for Michael to give us some insight on how to, how, how people grieve differently, um, about what to do, how to be a support system to someone who has lost uh, a loved one. Um, this is going to be this is going to be an important episode. I think it's a good resource, um, but I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I was going to say that um, while it while we're going to be talking in general about mourning, um, I think that it's important to highlight how La Vida had one of the highest death rates of COVID and positivity rates of COVID. And so it was something that within the statistics, um, you know, see a few dozen people within the area die within a week. And that, you know, that translates into something so much bigger when, when you're speaking to community members, you know, that's, that's a brother, that's a mother, that's a, you know, that's a brother, that's a sister. And, 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 you know, looking at those statistics, um, you know, they're just numbers, but those numbers are people and really thinking how that mm -hmm. affects the community, a community that's continuously mourning, whether mm -hmm. it be from uh, the death of COVID, the death of other health conditions, a death of violence, a death, um, you know, just lack of access, lack of resources. Exactly. I mean, La Villita is a very dense community. And so when you are expected to social distance, it's impossible. You know, we have multi-generational homes and um, we, you know, we have our elderly community members who are a pillar um, of our community and, and we're just, we're, we're losing them. And it's very sad. It's very sad. I mean, I know that there there's funerals going on in every church, multiple funerals in the weekends. And like, it's very, it's, it's almost like, um, there's this numbness, like you're just so tired of 
mourning and losing and crying but there's also this feeling of injustice that like what are we supposed to do yeah and so we're hoping that this episode Michael can explain to us sort of what happens cognitively in our mind when we're mourning and perhaps um, provide us with some tools um, so that we can better understand mourning and how we can process that personally Mm -hmm. Um, I know he'll be an excellent resource and then for our seventh episode we will be interviewing my neighbor Lulu Carrizales. She is a pharmacy technician at Mexicare Pharmacy located on 26th and Kedzie here in Little Village. Um, Lulu has worked in at Mexicare for over a decade and uh, she works firsthand with community members. If you know anything about farmacias in Mexico, you know that they are a lot different than the way uh, than the way um, pharmacies operate here in the U.S. Oftentimes, you can walk into a pharmacy in Mexico, see a doctor, and get a prescription on the spot. However, here in the States, you have to go to a doctor, and then you have to go to a, and then get a prescription, and then you have to go to a pharmacy and get your medicine. And so, access to pharmacies is very crucial to our community. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the pharmacy, um, you know, it's looked to as a, like a medical center, even though they provide, uh, you know, they provide medicine. Within this episode, Lulu is going to, you know, discuss her experiences working during a global pandemic. I can't even imagine what it was like at the beginning of the pandemic having to deal with the community and setting boundaries and understanding, you know, Mm -hmm. transitioning into the use of masks, informing community residents. Uh, It's a lot of hard work. Um, There's a lot of um, education efforts in order to inform people um, with with accurate information that that go on. And and Lulu knows firsthand, um, you know, the the hard work that it takes in order to inform community residents. Before we talk about our final episode, uh, I was wondering if we could take a break. All right, let's take a break. And we're back. Yeah, so as you guys know, you know, as we've talked about, we have so many good episodes in store for you guys. We're super excited for you guys to to hear our uh, each episode this season. Um, our last guest. Um, do you want to talk about our last guest, uh, Sabritas? Because this was your effort. You got what? them. <laughs> so, our last guest is Mike Moreno Jr. He is the owner of Ositos Speakeasy. Uh, well, it's called Ositos Tap, and it's a speakeasy. Um, in La Villita. In Little Village. It's actually the first speakeasy to ever um, to ever be open here in the little uh, in, in La Villita. And actually, it's I um, I believe it's the first um, bar to open within the past two decades. Um, and so 
it's a very unique business. It's, um, I would say it's more contemporary and modern take on, you know, Mexican and Latin food and drinks. Um, it's personally one of my favorites. I'm super, so I'm personally good. super excited because Mike um, Jr., obviously he has a father and his father owns Moreno's Liquors, which is located on 26th and Trumbull. Let me double check that before. Hold on. Moreno's Liquors. I guess they'll get my streets mixed up. 26. Oh, 26th and Hardy. Okay. Um, and Mike is the son, Mike Jr. is the son of Mike Moreno, who is the owner of Moreno's Liquors located on 26th and Harding. Um, Moreno's is a staple on uh, the 26th Street Strip. It has been there for, I don't even know, because <laughs> I was probably not even born when it was founded. Um, it was actually founded in, in 1977. It's been here for decades. And... Um, and when I saw that his son was opening a bar, I was super excited to see, you know, the generational, um, I don't even know what I was gonna say that. I was really happy to see um, another business be open in the community that was catered to people my age. <laughs> because that like, not, it's, it's not very common, believe it or not. There are not many yeah. bars um, in in the area, which is crazy because we're such such a young community, La Viguita. Yes, it's a young community. Have, it's composed of young. We people. have the second youngest population in mm -hmm. Chicago, um, yeah. and young meaning varying uh, twenty, you know, twenty five and below. Like that's young. <laughs> yeah, very young, um, and so you can imagine that you know, young people want a place to go, a place to hang out. Um, and I visited Ositos and loved the food. The drinks were so good. Um, so I'm excited for this interview. I'm excited for this, this interview. We're not going to do it at the bar. Unfortunately, I was hoping for some, a couple of uh, drinks, uh, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> we'll just do it virtually. Well, our main concern was sound. And so, um, we opted out of that. However, we really wanted to capture uh, the experiences of small business owners or of one small business owner in La Vita, especially Ositos, because they have a very unique situation where they opened in November of 2019. And shortly after the pandemic hit in March 2020, they uh, were very creative in their efforts and transitioning into new ways with uh, gauging customers. And they obviously took a big hit, right? Mm -hmm. And I uh, really want this episode um, to delve into like how they were so resilient coming out of the pandemic. Um, I know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of small businesses didn't make it, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm thankful that this staple what I hope will become a staple in um, La, La Vita, uh, was able to overcome this very difficult time. And I really want um, Mike to give us some insight on, on how 
how they did that, you know, how they went <laughs> through that, that that's just, I cannot only, I cannot imagine uh, having just opened a business and then have a freaking global pandemic come yeah. and, and close and close down, close down the place. Like, yeah. how do you come back from that? Yeah. So, you know, we're super excited for the season. I hope you guys enjoy it. Tune in every week. Um, and just reminder that every listen will support uh, El Vejo's efforts for environmental uh, justice in La Villita. But also, you know, I wanted us to finish this episode about talking about why, we, you know, we talked about why this season's important to us, but what does La Villita mean to you, Sabritas? Girl, you didn't prepare me for this question. I am, you, we were asking all of our guests to describe La Villita in one word, how would you describe La Villita? I would describe La Villita as I'm in between two words. I'm in between resilient and welcoming because, well, please take into account that we are in the city. So people just like naturally kind of have a smug face. Mm-hmm. But I would say, that if I were to, if I had to be stranded anywhere in the city, I would choose La Villita because someone would guide me, mm-hmm. you know, um, if I were to ask for help, I'm sure that if I were to ask a few people around, someone would guide me. Um, I think that this community is a lot more uh, supportive and in, in, in helping, you know, people around them than one might expect. Um, I can tell, I have countless stories of Mm -hmm. growing up when, you know, I saw a community member help someone else, a a neighbor out. Um, so I think we're very caring. Yeah. Very caring. That's three words. (laughs) Well, you have to pick a different one. (laughs) You chose my words. I was going to say resilient. Tell us why. I didn't explain my resiliency one. So go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say resilient because our community members, just whatever comes at this community, we, you know, the community members fight against it and just overcome it. Like, I feel like it's such a strong community that you just see the strength. You just see the strength. It is not a defeated community by any means see it but you feel it you feel it when you literally if you walk down la 26 a las 7 de la mañana everyone's out you know and by everyone i mean every vendor every person um who's frequent on 26th street is getting uh is walking taking their morning walk prepping for the day it's it's a very um community that's like very lively mm-hmm. um th- there's there's a there's always something going on and so yeah I don't know I wasn't one word for a Latina I I hated that question by the way <laughs> awful question you have why, asked this why the, why the fuck did we ask that question you asked this to every single guest so yeah because I didn't have to answer it <laughs> but now that I have to answer it no I'm just kidding it's, no. just, it's just a difficult question because uh, yeah. I'm too indecisive for anyone one you're uh, fine you're fine but um with that being said we hope this season really does 
serve to document and encapsulate this this moment in in history and Mm -hmm. um really shed light on the amazing the amazing people that have come out of little village not even come out of that have grown through little village right and so um we really hope that this hopes to inspire and inform our, our listeners and we hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as we have enjoyed slash are enjoying recording this season mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i do encourage our listeners um if you are a resident of la Villita or have visited la Villita and you would like to share a story um, please send us a voice message to nerdy latinas podcast at gmail.com or through anchor uh, we have a message feature where you can just send a story and just give us a you know let us know what you think uh, we'd love to hear from each and every one of you um, tell us what your favorite episode so far just anything you want to share um, about la Villita. we'd love to hear it and we're out are we out and we're out and we're out We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast. Please share us, review us, and send us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also like to thank our guests and Madera Once for allowing us to use their beautiful music for this episode. Please join us in the next episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast.